The Ohio Harness Horsemen's Association presents Top of the Stretch, a podcast that looks at harness racing in the Buckeye State. Hello again, everyone. I'm Frank Fraz, the Outreach and Public Relations Coordinator for the Ohio Harness Horsemen's Association. And joining us today on Top of the Stretch is Nancy Yoder, the owner of Nancy's Draperies in Marshallville, Ohio, and her daughter, Beth. Nancy is the wife of Joe Yoder, the manager of Dublin Valley Farms. And Nancy and Beth, thank you for joining me today on Top of the Stretch. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having us. Well, first, how is your family handling everything associated with the coronavirus and the stay-at-home order? <laughs> well, I guess we're handling it as well as everybody else, uh, trying to keep busy and, and do other projects and that type of thing. But uh, I don't know, Beth, you can comment on that yeah we've just been kind of staying home like they tell us to so we've been (laughs) doing a lot at home and getting groceries you know once every maybe 10 12 days so well it certainly has changed how everybody is uh handling things at home and, and their businesses and your business nancy's draperies has been in business for 40 years and you've probably never gone through anything like this i would imagine no, not not at all. I it still seems surreal to me that we're going through it, but no, I mean we've had ups and downs, but we've never ever experienced anything like this. Now, as part of the social distancing, you've closed your store, but you really haven't stopped working, have you? Right. We closed our store to the public. Uh, and we have we have seven or eight employees, um four full-time, three part-time. And uh, some of those have opted to stay at home because of various reasons, um, health and that type of thing. But we have three of us here that are manning the shop and keeping it open. And um, so we're still able to do some work uh, for our customers. But we also then opted to start making uh, non, non-medical masks for uh, whoever needed them. And what went into the decision to start making uh, the non-medical masks? Well, we just we we found that there was a great need, and we have the space and the machines and the tables where we can produce them probably a little faster than someone at home sewing, and we had materials to do it with, so we thought, why not? We wanted to reach out and help the community as best we could, and that seemed like a good way. How hard was it to make the transition when you said you you, you had the, the equipment? What did you have to do to make the transition? We really just uh, got a mask, kind of a template, and went, kind of made a mock-up, and basically we've been kind of an assembly line where someone will cut the pieces for us, and then there's a middleman sewing um, things together, and then the last part, you know, you actually create the masks and the folds the way that it, it is to be, so kind of an assembly line, and we just kind of work away at that so so how many um masks are you producing in a day do you think well i think uh, actually we're we have uh, two of the employees that have chosen to stay home are producing some at home as well but i think we're averaging 100 to 125 a day wow so who um who is your customer then for this since they're non-medical masks um, gosh, we had we had, it's it's been kind of crazy. We've had people uh, reach us from nursing homes, uh, from different parts of the hospital, like different areas, surgical areas, um, 
cleaning people that are, you know, doing that type of a, a thing at the hospitals. Um, but but most late, lately we've had um, oh requests for someone that works at hospice. We've had um, nursing homes and some nursing homes that we've done work in ourselves previously that we have uh, a good relationship with. And once they found out, we actually we did a, a Facebook post and uh, said that we were reaching out this way, and we got quite a few inquiries following that. So uh, even some out of state through people that live here in the area and they have a daughter or a someone that's a nurse working, you know, in another state. So we're actually shipping some of them as well. Did you think it would take off like it did once you started this, or did you just kind of say, hey, you know, we could do this and help some people out, and all of a sudden it's really exploded? Yeah, we thought, you know, hey, we can help out a little bit, maybe, you know, give some to our local, you know, hospice and hospital care facilities. But uh, when we made the, the Facebook post, I mean, it today has – like 250 plus shares it just goes to show you know people are really out there and they care and you know people are talking about it so um, yeah like like my mom had said it we were amazed at how many reached out then through that Facebook post and said boy we could really use you know 15 20 masks um, would love if if we could have them so um, yeah, we could, yeah, keep going full-time, and I think there'd be a need. Yeah. How how would somebody get in touch with you if they are looking to get some of these masks? We could. We are still here, you know, during the day. So our phone number, the 330-855-7751 line, or you can find us on Facebook, Nancy's Draperies Incorporated, uh, you know, reach out that way, um, or even send an email. Um, we have um, through actually our website. You could go to nancysdraperies.com, and we do have ways directly to email us through that. Well, Nancy and Beth, I want to thank both of you for what you are doing to help uh, people in this time of crisis, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to. Uh, Join me on top of the stretch, and best wishes to you and your family, and stay safe. Thank you. To you as well. Thanks so much for, for letting us chat. Joined now by Joe Yoder, the manager at Dublin Valley Farms. And, Joe, thanks for joining me on top of the stretch. Had the privilege of talking to your wife and your daughter about the operations at your wife's store. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Dublin Valley Farms and what has the coronavirus and the stay-at-home stay order done uh, to affect the operations at the farm? Hi, Frank. Thanks for the opportunity today. Um, well, I, th I think uh, the farm is a busy – the farm is a very busy place. Lots of stallions, uh, even outside of the commercial standard-bred stallions. And so I think the overall activity – is probably a little quieter. Uh, mares are still having foals and mares are still being bred, but I think it's uh, pretty concentrated on just people that are that are connected to mares that are having their foals or mares that are needing to be bred, and not uh, not as much traffic in and out of just visitors. How many horses do you have on the farm? Well. That really depends again on on the season, but during breeding season, I know uh, 
There are about 18 stallions at the farm, and those are various breeds. And then, depending on how many mares there will be, um, I sure think 80 to 100 animals on the farm, but they they will come and go as the mares are being bred. With that size operation, your staff is essential as essential personnel to the care and the upkeep of the horses. How many people do you have on staff, and are they there 24 hours a day? Um, Robert lives right on the property. Robert Hirschberger is the owner of Dublin Valley Farm. He lives right right on the property. So he, so there is someone there virtually 24 hours a day. Um, and then he has a staff of, again, it's seasonal because of breeding season, but probably about eight to 10 on his staff during breeding season. Some of those people are uh, drivers who drive people around that do uh, work with the mares at the clients. And then uh, a staff on the farm, a stallion manager, and he has an assistant, and then also a couple fellows that do the general work, uh, cleaning and keeping the place uh, keeping the place up to shape. So probably eight to ten. And then I, my, the work that I do is uh, mainly off the farm, but I also visit the farm during the week and and uh, try to keep up with things. In talking to some vets, they talked about having a plan in place in the event that the virus hits the workplace. Has anybody at the at the farm uh, had symptoms or anything? And do you have a plan in place if somebody would get sick? Well, we've been fortunate at this point when we check in with each other almost every morning, and everybody's been uh, been doing fine at this point. Um, I, I think the plan. I don't know if there's a formulated plan specific to that, but Robert, uh, Robert and his community, and it's in in an Amish community. They they're very resourceful as far as getting other people to help and pitch in if situations arise. So there would certainly be staffing available if Robert, uh, if need be, and we're we're trying to trying to be precautionary and do the right things and, and try to make sure that no one uh, gets ill, but that's but that's not a guarantee. With having that number of potential help um, available to you in the Amish community, it's got to be a little, a little, um, a little easier to sleep at night in the event that, you know, you do have people there that could help. Well, and, and I think that is an advantage. Even, even last year at times, which had you know nothing to do with our current situation in the country, but but there were times when, with the breeding and with checking mares and with foaling mares, it was just uh, it just got to be quite a task. And I was always always surprised at how resourceful Robert was able to be to call in people and they would they would come and help. And so it it, it does I think have its advantages to be in that community and have that have that outreach to be able to pull pull in people and they seem to be willing to to help out on the brighter side how has the foaling gone so far this year and how's the breeding season going well foaling has gone well um enterprise uh his first crop of foals are are being born this year and we've had real positive reports from our clients and we've had some enterprise babies at the farm and we've had uh, 
we've had no complaints at this time. Uh, we've been real pleased with that. Nothing but class was another stallion that was with us last year, and he's also had some falls. And so uh, they've also had good reports. So that part of it's been okay. And the breeding season, um, it's hard to tell. We've had, we, we've gotten really good response again on Enterprise. Volstead is a new stallion that we have that raced in Europe. And so uh, he's been doing well also. We continue to try to work with people and, and uh, process that transition from Europe to the U.S., but he's uh, he's a real nice stallion, and then nothing but classes here for his second season. And and we've had good books, and we've continued to work. I think it's more of a, it, it's not, it's just not as quite as busy. It doesn't feel as busy because I think people are doing what they're supposed to be doing right now and staying at home if they're not supposed to be out. But as far as the breeding season, uh, we can do a lot of work on the phone. We can do a lot of work with electronic, you know, with email. So we do a lot of that kind of work with uh, contracts. And the breeding season, we stay in contact, and we have people that go out and check mares. A lot of the clients are bringing their mares to the farm this year. I think that's a little bit easier this year. And so uh, knock on wood, I don't love that phrase, but knock on wood, uh, it's been going fine for the uh, for the current conditions that we're under. Well, that's good to know, and good to know that uh, things are going well and that your staff is uh, is feeling well. And, Joe, I'd like to thank you for coming on top of the stretch today. I'd also like to thank your wife, Nancy, and your daughter, Beth, for joining me uh, earlier in the show. And, you know, it's it's great work that your wife and your daughter and her staff are doing trying to you know, get as many masks out to people that uh, that need them. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it's just great when, when people like that can chip in. Well, Nancy was really pleased that, that there, was a, there was a need because she has a big workroom and been in business for a long time, and, and she was very, very pleased to be able to help out in, in, in any way she could. And uh, we're going to keep doing our thing at the farm, and hopefully – Everyone will stay well and be well, and uh, we look forward to getting on the other side of this and, and enjoying what we do. So, Frank, I can't thank you enough for your time, and uh, we'll we'll carry on and look forward to to the to the summer and the fall, and hopefully racing again. Sounds good. We hope to see you soon. Stay safe, Joe. Thank you. You too, Frank. Be well. That's Joe Yoder with Dublin Valley Farms joining us today on Top of the Stretch. Thank you for listening to Top of the Stretch. Top of the Stretch podcasts are a presentation of the Ohio Harness Horsemen's Association. 